Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush that for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. We are recording on March the 23rd. Welcome into Stacking the Box. Mark Carmen, Matt Berteram, happy to have you on board. And we are thrilled. Actually, we're not thrilled at all. Andy Dalton, that's where we're starting today, is the newest savior for the Chicago Bears. Apparently, he's going to compete with Nick Foles, although he's already been told he's the starter in an amazing turn of events. Verderam, these are tough times uh, for us Bears fans out here. I got to tell you, you know, when you say the words Russell Wilson, when you flirt at least a little bit in theory with Deshaun Watson, who's been having a rough couple of weeks here or a week. Good God. Maybe we'll touch on that on one of these podcasts, but uh, interesting times for Deshaun. But the bottom line is when you mention uh, stud quarterbacks and then you end up with Andy Dalton, that's, that's not how life is supposed to go for around, but sometimes life goes that way. So it, it's tough right now in Chicago. I got to tell you. I feel for you. Is But I had to lead with this because well, people who listen to this know where our loyalties lie. And uh, when Andy Dalton signed, I had multiple people, this is honest to God, reach out to me and say, how is Carm? <laughs> is Carm all right? I said, well, you're going to find out in the next episode of Stack the Box. We'll lead wow. with it. So here we are. If you're wondering why we're leading with this, A, it's, it is news. And B, um, as someone who just, views the Bears as every other team and is not emotionally invested in the Bears. I don't understand if you're going to bring in Andy Dalton for $10 million, why would you either a not just keep Trubisky for apparently a song? Cause he signed with the bills for nothing. Now I'm not a Trubisky guy, but at least you can maybe argue, Hey, there's some upside. There's no upside with Dalton B. Why wouldn't you flip a, Day two pick, maybe even a, a fourth round pick for a guy like Minshew, and then certainly for a guy like Darnold. Like I don't understand what the upside is with thirty plus year old Andy Dalton. So this is how the Bears do business, which is where the anger will start to build. Number one, Bill Lazor knows Andy Dalton from his time being an offensive coordinator in Cincinnati. The Bears love to have connections to people, just like uh, Matt Nagy back in the day. He was a coach in Philly with Nick Foles. Uh, so they love familiarity. It and they fall in love with weird guys like Mitchell Trubisky. What a dud of an ending. You mentioned one year deal for Trubisky, two and a half million to back up Josh Allen, where he's in theory, at least hopefully, for the Bills, never going to play. How does one resurrect his career that way? I guess, I mean, whatever. If Allen gets hurt, maybe he feels like he can step into that offense with that offensive talent and be successful. That's his best play. But just kind of amazing, to your point, that they would rather pay four times the amount for 35-year-old Andy Dalton, whose best characteristics are 
that he's a really, really great off the field and gives a ton back to charity. 14 touchdowns, eight interceptions last year. I mean, he was a okay quarterback back in the day. I don't want to take anything away from the guy who went right. to the pro. Right. So, I agree. But we're past that. And, you know, the best part of, or at least the most interesting thing that I think, you know, about this, and you have it on the rundown, what's the end game here? Like, where are you going with this? You're going to be in the same situation at the end of the year. What is the point? But the point is that they're going to try to win as many games as possible and in, in, in 2021. And I'm assuming they're going to draft a quarterback. And Andy Dalton's going to be a good soldier and help develop that quarterback. He said that's no problem. But it is just, for lack of a better word, it's just kind of gross right now. Like, the, this is the lowest point for the Bears. You had to cut Kyle Fuller. And you go out and you sign – Desmond Trufant, who's been injured and, and, and terrible, it can't be on the field. So now you're signing a cornerback and losing one, losing a stud cornerback. Like it's just a rough time in Chicago, really. I really think the end game here, whether they want to admit it or not, and I don't think they've even come to accept it yet. They're going to have to just blow this thing up. I mean, that, that's where this is going. Akeem Hicks was apparently on the block, then he wasn't, but he's older. He's still very good. But he's older. Roy Robertson Harris walks out the door. He's a good player. Great, good. great offseason for the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah, nice. Between him and Shaquille Griffin. Very nice. Um, and they, and- at Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Ted, wake up. What? You look exactly like me. I am you, Ted, from the future. You need to call Progressive. What? Why? Well, they have 24-7 protection when you bundle your home and auto. And my teleportation cube just smashed into your car. Wait, you crashed into my car? Technically, it's our car. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. And then, of course, Trevor Lawrence is coming on down here in a month. Um, what, three other picks in the top 45? I'm- Marvin Jones, I agree. Jacksonville, great, great job. But you look at the Bears, and I just don't – I don't see any clear, concise plan. And if, if you're patient – you're probably looking at this and saying we have to save our jobs and Dalton gives us a better chance to win this year than Darnold does. Okay. I can kind of maybe buy that, but what, what does Dalton really give you a shot at winning? You're not winning the division. You're what? Maybe eight and eight again. And and just going to be a seven seed and get blasted out of the wild card round. I mean, that's, that's like best case scenario. You know, I, and then, and then it comes out, well, they're in on Kenny Galladay. How are they in on Kenny Galladay? That, that was like, – Which seems like such a leak from the Bears. Like, right. hey, you know, we're trying. And I love how the leak that they were aggressive included a one-year $12 million deal. Guy ends up signing for like 4 and 76 And the Bears are like, well, hey, we were there on a one-year contract. You can't even sign Allen Robinson. And you're, well, and you're trying to pay Galladay? That seems like lunacy, and it seems like a flat, bald-faced lie coming out of the organization. Right. It was like you're naming it accurately. I I heard one year, eleven or twelve million. He signs for four and seventy-two. And Allen Robinson, my favorite part of the whole thing, he tweets out, "Congratulations, Kenny Galladay." You know, because I think he's just that was your offer. Like he just, I think it was a straight dig at the Bears with this. Congrats to Kenny going to the Giants for that money. You think you're getting him for that? Y'all are y'all are kidding yourselves. But I think you know, and A. Rob signing the the franchise tag 
I think he's seeing that the market right now is a little deflated and maybe his best move right now is to take the 18 million, which is a lot of money uh, for one year and, and, and redo this next year. So uh, yeah. And Akeem Hicks. Okay. You want, you want to, you want to see if what he can find in the open market and you're willing to deal him. Uh, this guy was the best player on your defense ahead of Khalil Mack two years ago. Last year, he he did start to trend the other way, and people do say, you know, when you play at that size, you don't right. you you don't start to descend off the cliff. You you fall and it's over. And Akeem does appear closer to falling than than I mean, he showed a lot of signs of it last year. So I sort of get it. And Kyle Fuller's twenty nine. So, which I guess is slightly old for a corner. They couldn't have traded him, I, right? Right. You, you like the guy's still a good player. Like, okay, he maybe is not an All Pro player at this point. He's still a Pro Bowl caliber player, and, and by far the most physical guy in their secondary. Like, I, you I don't. Couldn't I, have gotten a fourth from Denver. Like, Denver wouldn't have given up a fourth round pick for him. Right. Right. Guys, thank you for listening. But this is an important message. Support for Stacking the Box is now being brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming company. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and we have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off, and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That is 20% off and free shipping. You cannot beat it. So go over to manscaped.com, check out all their latest stuff, including the Lawnmower 3.0, plus the perfect package. Check it out. It's a can't miss. Manscaped, something if you're a man, you need to be aware of. Again, go to manscaped.com, and for the code, it's fansided20. And, you know, by the way, this isn't just a bad – I mean, obviously we're talking about the Bears, but this stuff happens all over the league, okay? The Raiders were going to cut Rodney Hudson, who's one of the best centers of the last decade, until they got crapped on so much nationally. And then, as Peter King wrote, realized that the Chiefs were probably going to sign him the second he got cut, that John Gruden was like, oh, you know, wait a minute. Maybe he actually has value. And oh, by the way, they got a top 100 pick for him. Now, they still sold short on him. They should still have him on the team. But my point is, the Raiders were just ready to cut him and Gabe Jackson. They were just ready to move on, whatever, get nothing for either one of them. And for people who think they get compensatory picks, they don't. If you cut a guy, you cut a guy. That's it. You don't get a compensatory pick. So, this is not just the Bears. I mean, the Raiders were ready to do this with half their offensive line before they realized they actually could get a trade value for them. I just was shocked with the Bears. You're going to tell me there was no team that would have given you a fourth-round pick for Kyle Fuller, maybe even a late three? I just, I, I just don't believe that. Yeah, look, and they also, the Bears are guilty, like a lot of other teams in the league, kick the can down the road, kick the, kick the can down the road with the salary cap, and we'll restructure, we'll restructure. Oh, right. well, now we've got a, we have a pandemic, which we were not anticipating, and things changed, and we left ourselves zero leeway, and now all of a sudden, oh, well, we're going to lose our top player in the secondary, by the way, by far, 
I mean, people are saying, well, Jalen Johnson will step right into Kyle Fuller's rookie. Jalen Johnson had a decent rookie year, but Jalen Johnson has his problem staying on the field. He has a shoulder injury dating back to college, which the Bears took a risk on. He's, he's not ready to be a number one cornerback. And you go out and you get Trufant, who, who's had all sorts of leg issues. Like, you're, you're weakening a very, very, very key spot on the field. And Eddie Jackson, who was great two years ago, but he got paid and doesn't look like he wants to touch anything anymore. Once he, I, I don't, he just had a very rough, rough year last year. I don't know if he was hurt. By the way, let's go to your Chiefs, who, um, you know, Mitchell Schwartz walking out the door, Eric Fisher walking out the door. They go and get Thune and Long, but those are guards. You're losing tackles. I mean, I think it's good that you're adding, uh, but uh, there's got to be some concerns here. As you know, obviously striking out on um, you know left tackle Williams, all that. So I don't know uh, where, where are you at with Kansas City. Left tackle is clearly going to be the biggest need for this team here as we move forward because they they offered a fortune for Trent Williams. It was not from a lack of effort. They tried. They did not get him. They do bring in Joe Tooney, who I, I wrote about extensively on Fanside yesterday. Did an interview with his agent, Mike McCartney. That went up uh, an inside the deal type of story about how they came to five years and 80 million. Thought it was actually really interesting. I, I encourage you to please read it. Um, but they bring in they bring in Tooney. Long comes in. My understanding from talking to a couple sources around the league is that Long, while while the Chiefs do believe his main primary position is guard, he he would like to give it a shot at right tackle. So he's played now, there before. Now he has. Now here's the thing with Kyle Long. He's always hurt. So the Chiefs are taking a lottery, you know, one year, one and a half million. That's just a flyer. Hey, if it works, great. If it doesn't, fine. Keep in mind with the Chiefs, for people who aren't Chief fans who don't who aren't aware of this. Laurent Duvernay Tardif was their starting right guard in the Super Bowl two years ago, and they beat the Niners. He then opted out for COVID because he's a doctor. He worked in, up in Canada. He is back this year. He will be their right guard. He will compete with Kyle Long for that starting gig. They have Lucas Niang at right tackle, who they drafted last year in the third round out of TCU. Now, he's a kid who played 44 games at TCU, never gave up a sack, didn't take one penalty. He would have been, according to some scouts, a first-round pick, but he was coming off of a torn hip labrum, ends up falling to the third. Chiefs had a second-round grade on him. They, they strongly believe in Lucas Niang. So I think the right side is pretty much going to be whoever wins out of Duvernay, Tardif, and Long, and then Niang – Austin Reader, their center, who's an average center. They've got an extended offer out to him. He's mulling his options right now per source. Left guard, they don't have Tooney. They do not have an option at left tackle to speak of. Now, Alejandro Villanueva is out there. uh, Excuse me. uh, Russell Kung is still out there. I would say this. While both guys are potential options, Villanueva has fallen off over the last year, and Okung is always hurt. I don't know if the Chiefs want to bring in a guy who's always hurt. And in his mid-30s. Right, right. I think it's more likely that they would circle back on Eric Fisher. That's just my opinion. I think it's more likely that in the summer, if Eric Fisher's progressing well from the torn Achilles, that they would circle back and maybe sign him back in a lower number. Um, And also draft the left tackle. I think I think both those things are are you know I think I think they will draft a left tackle that I'm, I'm certain of and I think they I, I think Fisher would almost maybe make more sense in a lot of ways than than either Okung or Villanueva if you're willing to go to the summer with a rookie left tackle. What what about in the low end? 
Julian Davenport, does that do anything for you? No. Again, I think at that point you just draft the kid in the first round. I mean, look, I do know this. The Chiefs and many other teams in the league feel like off. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Defensive line is stacked in the draft. So if you're the Chiefs, even though you're 31, you know, you might get a guy at 31 this year who normally is like pick number 15. Um, so and, and the Chiefs could always move up. They have eight picks. They could do that. Um one Listen, of the names, one of the names out there for KC, Liam Eichenberg. He's a tackle at uh, Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Kid out of Northwestern, probably gone at that point. But he's a stud. Slater, um, love him. Slater, yeah, he's probably gone at that point. Go Cats. Um, yeah, but I think I think for the Chiefs, look, I know a lot of Kansas City fans are freaking out over the way free agency's played out. My my position is this: I understand that. It has not gone the way they would have wanted. They would be the first ones to tell you that. They wanted Trent Williams desperately. They tried to sign Juju Smith-Schuster. It didn't work out. My belief is that they will kick tires on T.Y. Hilton um, and try to bring him in potentially as a number two receiver behind Tyreek Hill. That being said, okay, if you told me they just have a league average left tackle, a league average left tackle, who's beating them? I mean, I, I get it. Like, I, I I get the concern. I understand it. But in the end, I still look at the Chiefs and say, okay, but, like, somebody's got to beat them. I mean, I, I, I understand the concerns there. But, look, I'm looking at the odds right now in Vegas. Super odds. Their odds have gotten better over the course of free agency. They're plus 550 to win the Super Bowl. The Packers are next at plus 900, and then the Buccaneers are plus 1,000. There's nobody else who even, if you doubled the Chiefs' odds, are are there. Okay, because then it's Baltimore and Buffalo at 12 to 1, plus 1,200. Kansas City's plus 550. Now, are Vegas odds the be-all, end-all? No, of course not. But it's just a snapshot into if you think the team is somehow cratering there's still overwhelming favorites to win the Super Now, I, I will take exception with that a little. I don't think they should be overwhelming favorites. Now. I do think they should be overwhelming favorites to get there because I don't know who in the AFC is beating them. But the Chiefs do have some work to do. They, As of this recording, they got Kawan Williams, a slot corner, and Melvin Ingram, the edge rusher, coming in to visit Arrowhead today. You sign those two guys, I think you feel a lot better about where the defense is. Uh, and you're in pretty good shape. They do need to find the left tackle. I do think that everybody freaks about the receiver. Look, you got Kelsey and, and Hill. You're going to be okay there. You've got to find the left tackle. Yeah, and right. You don't need the best left tackle. You need a credible left tackle. And you can I, – I, not the easiest thing to find, but whatever. Draft, trade, take a flyer on one of the free agents left. I, I, I'm not going to – for me, it's – you know, the Chiefs are going to be the favorite uh, going forward here for, for a while uh, in, unless something happens to Patrick Mahomes, and, and we'll go from there. But let's, uh, let's look around the league free uh, agency-wise and, you know, which contender helped itself the most. A lot of people think it's 
the Washington football team. I just don't yeah. get it. Like, really? You're that excited about Ryan Fitzpatrick or, I mean, and Curtis Samuel's a good player, but like, it, it doesn't like jump off the, the map to me. William Jackson's a good corner too, but I, I, I don't know. Like I, I almost feel like Kansas city's had a better free agency, just resetting their offensive line, even with the needs out there. Like where are you going best free agents? Uh, look, I, so I actually think Washington's done a great job. Um, excuse me as my phone goes off there. Um, I think, I think Washington's done a really nice job. I wrote about this in sacking the box on Monday. You finally have an adult in the room there, okay? You, you really do. Like, you finally have somebody who understands what the hell is going on in Ron Rivera. So, of all the free agencies, we talked about Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville's done a really nice job. Now, Jacksonville's got a hell of a long way to go, and they have more cat space than anybody else. So, I always kind of couch that with, yeah, look, they did a nice job, but they have so far to go. I kind of almost look at them differently than I look at teams maybe that are playoff teams and up. Um, but as, as far as contenders, like I will say this, and this kind of almost leeches off our conversation about Kansas city. I don't know that any true contender really did much of anything. I mean, it wasn't a strong free agency period. The bills did nothing. They cut John Brown and swapped in Emmanuel Sanders. The chiefs, we just went over. Um, you look at, you look at Pittsburgh, they lost a ton of guys. The Ravens brought in Kevin Zeitler, nice addition to guard, but lost both edge rushers. Um, in the NFC, the Bucks and the Packers literally did absolutely nothing. The Packers lost their all-pro center in Corey Lindsley. Seattle traded for Gabe Jackson. That's pretty much it and lost Shaquille Griffin as their Pro Bowl corner. I think Washington and, and then I throw in Cleveland. It is time for us to get rich. Hang tight. We'll be right with you. It's Stacking the Box. You know, I like the Cleveland added John Johnson. I thought that was good. Troy Hill is a decent corner. Now, do I think that makes them better than, than Buffalo or better than Kansas City? No, I don't. I, I don't think that. But I think it maybe staves off some regression that I thought they might be due for. You got – I mean, they had, Malik Jackson might help them on the defensive line. Yeah, yep. Same thing with McKinley. There's linebacker depth improved too, the Browns, with uh, what they get, Malcolm Smith and Anthony Walker, right? My, my guy, another wildcat, damn it. Um. So, I mean, he's, these are not dynamic, but like, I also, when you're, you got to have, uh, you just use the words adult in the room, you know, just doing reasonable expenditures that are not necessarily sexy, but don't kill you cap wise and help your depth. Like I get a little, I get a little turned on by that program. I'm not going to lie to you. Like just be a family show. Right, right. Well, it it is. That's that's generally true. But you know, sometimes uh, you know the adult in the room gets gets uh, has a take or two. Like that that to me is a great way to go through um, through uh, your free agency period. So I know that everybody gets 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 nervous around here. All right, so let's go to Vegas and um, and John Gruden. Uh, <laughs> You got a plan for the you got a plan for the Raiders? Look, we we just you know talked about them a touch here, but this is where the Raiders. I I, I don't know where you go with this. I don't know where you go with this. Um. He signed for seven more years, and this is look. I wrote this for us three years ago, when he signed 
and I'm not, I'm way too lazy to rip through the archives and pull it up, but I, I remember distinctly, right? This is going to be a disaster. Everybody is so excited because he's Mr. You know, Spider Banana, Y2 Banana, all this crap on ESPN. He won a Super Bowl in Tampa and then never won another playoff game. He was not a great coach, even when he won a Super He basically took Tony Dungy's team. They scored nine defensive touchdowns that year, won the Super Bowl, and never won another one. And then he took over roster control and basically drove them into the ground to the point they didn't win another playoff game until this year when they went and won the Super Bowl. I look at Gruden, and I say, if this was a franchise that wasn't cash poor, and Mark Davis, by NFL standards, is cash poor, um, Sorry, and I, I do apologize for the like beeping sounds going on. My wife is uh, at the uh, doctor's office getting she, it's okay, fine, babe. But it's, it's all right. Uh, it is what it is. Um, but uh, look, regardless, um, I don't I don't know what you do. Like Mark Davis doesn't have the money to just eat seven years and seventy million dollars. So that and and, and Gruden's not just going to walk away from this. It's it's ten million dollars a year. So I don't know what you do. You hope you just pray he gets better. But they basically, this offseason, they gutted their offensive line. They signed Yannick Ngakwe, which is fine, but like not a game-changing situation. They're still awful defensively. And they got rid of their most talented unit on the team. They lost Nelson Aguilar. Like Derek Carr's coming off the best year of his career, and now he has no offensive line, and you and lost his best deep threat. And you're looking at this team, you're like, what are they doing? Like, Where are they going? I I don't know. I don't see. I think they're the worst team in the division. Yeah. You know, and there was a great piece in the athletic, uh, Tim Kawakami, who does a great job. He, he, uh, he writes, if I was a Raiders veteran player presented with the same take a pay cut or ultimatum that Gruden reportedly tossed out in some version to Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson and Marcus Mariota, I tell Gruden that I'll be happy to take a pay cut relative to my performance letter as long as the coach took one too. Like, hey, John, maybe you will do a, a performance evaluation on yourself and, and give a donation to whatever charity you feel is uh, a worthy cause. I mean, 19 and 29 since uh, being at the helm of the old Raiders, that ain't great. And, and, and it's not even the record for me. Like, right, I mean, obviously, you're not set up to do well going forward. Right, right. And that's look, that's the thing. Like, he took over a team that needed some work. We all understand that. The problem is they're not getting better. Like, they're just kind of stuck in this weird, like, they're not awful. They're not good. They they really don't threaten anybody. And like, let's let's also just call a spade a spade. They're in a division with Kansas City. You are going to have to get really good if you ever want to host a playoff game in the next 12 years. You're just – like, I'll give credit here. They're not a contender, so they didn't make my, my list earlier. The Chargers did a really, really good job in free agency. Okay? Now, they lost something off the defensive side. Ingram might actually go to Kansas City. Perriman goes to Carolina. Fine. They, they signed Corey Lindsley to play in front of, of, of Justin Herbert. They signed Matt Filer. They're going to be a team that's in the market for a left tackle in the draft. Like the Chargers, and they were also in on Joe Tooney, by the way, but they prioritized Lindsley. This is a team that gets it. Like we have to protect Justin Herbert. Now, 
The flip side with the Chargers, which is why I don't put them in the contending category, is they just have a lot of holes elsewhere. I don't think they're ready yet to make that jump, but they at least understand, hey, look, we have got to build in front of Justin Herbert. What are the Raiders doing? I would argue they got worse significantly on offense this offseason, and defensively, they're atrocious. I just I don't get it, and I get Mayock is the GM, but let's all be clear. Gruden and his $70 million remaining are running that franchise come hell or high water. Yeah. And look from here on out, at least, well, not here on out, but here for next year, if they get back to 500, it's a celebration, right? Yeah. Like, all right, way to go. Las Vegas Raiders, by the way, most expensive ticket in the league. Not that anybody cares, I guess. You know, you're going to Vegas for a weekend. The Raiders are playing. I'll pay whatever I can to go to an NFL game because I'm going to go make it at Caesars or the Bellagio or whatever you do, but it's just crazy to me. Um, free agents remaining, Matt Berteram. Anybody excite you? There's nobody who I think is like a game-changing force out there, but there are a few guys who are interesting. Look, I, I look at a few edge rushers, um, but I'll pick out one here. So Carlos Dunlap, to me, is someone who I, I thought played really well in Seattle in the last season. Now, he's older. I understand that. He just turned 32. Um, but he's a good player, man. I mean, you go through – he's about as consistent as it gets. You go through his career, okay? He's been in the league since 2010. Here's the sack totals. Nine and a half, four and a half, six, seven and a half, eight, 13 and a half, eight, seven and a half, eight, nine, six. I mean, do I think he's like the end-all, be-all? No, but could he come in and help a team? I certainly think he could. I thought he helped Seattle quite a bit. And the other guy I would throw out there is Justin Houston, who the Kansas City rightfully moved off of after 2018. He had nine sacks a year, but he just he was going to cost him $22 million a year. They, they had to move on. He had had some injury issues. He hadn't played a full 16-game slate for four straight years. Last two years, Indianapolis has not missed a game, 19 sacks over that time. He also, almost the exact same age, 32 years old, is a month older than, than uh, Dunlap. I think both those guys could really help a team. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know that you look at them and go, oh, my God, you know, we got so-and-so. Well, we're going to the Super Bowl now. But I think, like, if you're a team like the Bills, who desperately needs pass rush, you're going to tell me those two guys couldn't help you? If I were the Bills, it's on them both. What about K.J. Wright? No? No, I mean, he's a good call. He's a good call. He's 31 years old. Just just somebody who can provide sol- just a solid force, 86 tackles last year, whatever. Right? Tackles, you know, sometimes there isn't a statistic that tells you nothing. No, no but, but he's, he can cover. Look, he's, he's a guy who – he, he's pretty durable. You know, 2018, he missed most of the year. But other than that, really, almost every year plays 16 games. So, okay. I like him. I'll, I'll give you another old vet who I would enjoy having in my locker room but missed a ton of time last year and is getting old but maybe has one more season left in the sun if we're looking for a value pick at this point. You want to take a guess where I'm going on that with that bio? No, far away. Richard Sherman, anybody interested? Oh, okay, sure. Oh, listen, I – I think you're right on there. Now he's his own agent. So he's a guy who, you know, he, he is very self-assured. He's very smart. Um, and you're right. You only played five games last year, year prior to that. 
how do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. It was a pro bowler, played 15. year prior to that, played 14. Um, if you're a team that needs a corner, I mean, he's going to be 33 here later this week. Um, but would I take a flyer on him for a year? Yeah, I would. I wouldn't sign him past that. But for a year, yeah, I'd take a flyer on Richard Sherman. He's going to be in Canton one day. Um, and if you get a year out of him where he's not even he's on that level, but he's just good, that's great. That's great. At this point in free agency, you want guys who are just good, solid players. And I think that's a, I'll, that's a I'll good give, call. I'll give you one more for one year. Anybody want to Anybody want to roll the dice as a rotational player at, at bare minimum for Indomitian Sue? He didn't exactly kill the Bucks last year. No, not at all. I mean, that's not what, at all. you know, at this point, that's what I would be looking to do. Who's out there that is being undervalued that could help? Those, those two would be interesting guys right. um, and, and could have an impact in your locker room too. Devontae Smith weighs 170 pounds, by the way. Is that it? As we, as we continue moving through into the future here, is that a big deal? I think for some teams, they're not going to care because they already know he's slight of frame. I think some guys, some teams are flat out just going to take them off the board. Like, I understand. And, and listen, there are we're people, talking about that. If, if for people who don't know, uh, who aren't following the draft, that's a, he's top wide receiver, Alabama. Go ahead. Yes, he's one of the top three guys. He, his teammate Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase out of LSU. Okay. Right. They're all projected to be top 15 picks. So, in some cases, top 10. Devonta Smith has put together a tremendous, tremendous career. Um, with the Crimson Tide. And so you look at him and say, this is a kid who is 6'1". He is ultra talented. He's coming out of the program. Last year, in 13 games, he had 856 yards on 111 catches with 23 touchdowns. Not bad. Not bad. Pretty good. (laughs) Year prior to that, by the way, 1256 uh, in the yardage department and 14 touchdowns. He can play. Here's, here's the issue. There are very few examples, and I'm actually going to dig through this. So forgive me, there may even be none of guys who are over six feet who weigh 170 pounds who get drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. I, people have used Deshaun Jackson as a comp. Deshaun Jackson weighed 172 pounds. Now, he, he was 5'11". He was also drafted 49th overall. Okay? Um. Now, he did not have the career at Cal that Devonta Smith had. Not even close, okay? In fact, in three years at Cal, Deshaun Jackson had 22 touchdowns, which does not even equal what Smith had last year. So I get that. I believe he will eventually go in the first. Some team will just say, we don't care that he's 170. The production's insane. He's 6'1", all the rest of it. But you're going to have a lot of teams who just go, Bro, he's 170 pounds. Like there are kids who are 12 years old who weigh more than that. Okay, I was one of them. I I, I can't imagine 170. Like you're gonna have a game where Harrison Smith comes screaming down the slot and just rushes him. Now maybe he can handle it, but 170 pounds. Like for an example, just to put this into perspective, Tyree Kills considered a very diminutive receiver. He's 5'11", 185. Like that's what he came out of college as. So, 
170. I mean, DeAnthony Thomas is 174. We got to stop the podcast right now. Diminutive, that is that is an all-time word on stacking the box. I just want to underline that. Out of nowhere, he's busted out a diminutive. Very impressive. Vertoram, go. I, I bring the heat. Uh, I mean, I, I, but, I mean, that's where, to me, if you and I'm just trying to use some of the smaller players I can think of in recent years to give an example. But, that, I mean, these are guys who are just, you know, examples of smaller receivers. Antonio Brown, by the way, is the exact same height and weight as, as Tyreek Hill. Um, but I, I do think you just have to factor all that in. Like, some team I think will take him because of his talent. But, yeah, you're absolutely going to have some teams who are scared off by the weight. See, maybe I'm just an idiot. Can he play or can he not play? I don't care. 170, 180. Is it going to make a, a difference on his durability if he gets hit the wrong way and he blows out his ACL? Ain't going to matter if he's carrying five more pounds. Maybe it's even better that he's not. So, um, you know, hopefully he will be great at not getting hit because, you know, I'm always worried when any speed guy is is flying around that – you're about to get taken out and your career's about to be over. And that just sucks. Cause I really like watching you play football, but I always, lately they, the guys have been because of the way the NFL is being played right now, they have been able to stay healthier a lot. You know, it's, it's, it's a safer league. Well, listen, you're not going across the middle and getting killed anymore. Like right. You were in the nineties or and, and obviously before that. Okay. You go across I mean, back in the day that they take, they take a clothesline, try to take your neck off. I mean, right. I mean, there were, you know, there was Ronnie Lott or Steve Atwater just basically just begging you to try and 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 catch an in cut on third and seven. Um, who's the Who's the old school Raider safety who would just absolutely annihilate you? Uh, Jack Tatum. Yeah, who am I? Who am I? Jack Tatum or George Atkinson? I think I'm thinking of Jack Tatum. I mean, I, Jack Tatum. Jack Tatum's probably one of the dirtiest players in league history. Yeah, it, it is Jack Taylor. That's who uh, – He paralyzed Daryl Stingley in Darryl a preseason Stingley, right? game. Yeah, yeah. And never apologized for it. Like, literally never apologized for paralyzing the guy in a preseason game. Didn't he – like, I think the story was he reached out, but Daryl didn't want to talk to him or something like that. Regardless, I mean, I, I've seen him interviewed, and – I don't he, think there was any real remorse, let's put it that way, before he died. He was um, – he was playing the game. But my point, but the, the point, regardless of that horrendous incident, is guys back then, and even let's be real, even 20 years ago, I mean, it was just a different game. They have liberalized the passing game. You know, guys used to be able to just come down out of the, out of the, out of the top of the screen and just bury people. So I agree with that point. Look, my thing comes down to one, one real trait. Can he get off the line of scrimmage clean? Because guys are going to line up and they're going to try to just be physical and jam the crap out of him. If he can get off the line, he'll be all right. That's I'll tell you right now, for a guy like Tyree Kill, that is the biggest reason he's unguardable. Is he's really good off the line of scrimmage. And so team guys have to. You will never ever. You go watch film. Find me the snap of Tyree Kill getting jammed at the line of scrimmage. Teams don't even try it because if he if he beats it, he's gone. That's going to be a key for Devonta Smith. That's exactly right. Use your skill. Don't get you that. That's not going to be a winning formula for him because he's if he's getting jammed up on the line. Just get out there and fly, my man. Um, and by the way, if you want to come to Chicago, that wouldn't be terrible. Although I don't think the Bears should be. I don't think he'll be there at twenty, and I, it's not the Bears' biggest need. Draft a quarterback in the first round, Chicago. Bringing this this podcast back full circle. Uh, before we get to in or out, four of them for you as always. Uh, first one here 
is the Ravens are still the class of the AFC North. Uh, we, we did just throw some love the, uh, the way of the Cleveland Browns uh, on their offseason. You still making them the class? I am, but I, I, I think the gap is really closed. Um, listen, Cincinnati, assuming Burroughs health, they'll be better this year, but they're still lagging behind. Pittsburgh's lost a lot of guys. A lot. Of, and I just think it's over for Pittsburgh. Roethlisberger's done. Last year, to me, was the year that if it was all going to come together in a magic carpet ride, it was going to be last year. It didn't happen. I, I think it's Baltimore and Cleveland. Um, I think Baltimore by a razor's edge right now because I just trust their their process. I trust that Harbaugh knows what he's doing. Um, they always seem to draft well. But you could really make an argument for Cleveland. You really could. Like, I'm very torn on this. I will stay in on this. But if Jackson doesn't get better, they're not going to stay there. They're just not. He has to throw the ball. And I do wonder emotionally how much has been taken out of them the last couple of years. Like, you get to the playoffs, and then not only do you lose, you get humiliated. Like, they got blown out by Tennessee last year. Then this past season, you scored three points. Three points. And not against a great defense. Like the Chiefs hung 38 on them the next week. I mean, it's just – it feels demoralizing. But for right now, right now, I'll, I'll stay in on it. It's interesting, too. I mean, you look at the draft. Cleveland's 26. The Ravens are 27. I don't think yep. it's going to come down to that pick as to who has the better year. But it is interesting, like, who's going to add on properly with their first-round draft pick and going on – you know, it, it could very well come down to who has a better draft between the two. In fact, I think it will, right? I mean, logically, I do too. Yeah, so so up for grabs. So I guess at this very moment, uh, I would be in on it. But the 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 Browns are certainly moving in the right direction. Quick timeout. Stay with us. You are listening to Stacking the Box. Let's look at Arizona. Did the Cardinals or the Cards spent bad money in in free agency? It was a starting at the top with JJ Watt uh, and going from there. What do you think? I'm in on it being bad money. I think the Cardinals spent like they're a team that's like a player away from winning the Super Bowl. They didn't make the playoffs last year. Like I don't understand. They kept Robert Alford, who's a veteran corner. Um, as I reported the day after the Super Bowl, they were going to let Patrick Peterson walk. That's exactly what happened. He's gone. He went to Minnesota, um, which I actually agree with that move. But – then you bring in – now, I, I like Rodney Hudson going there. I like that move. That was the move I liked the most. But, like, A.J. Green – A.J. Green's been awful or hurt for the last three years and doesn't even look remotely interested in trying to play football. Like, it looks completely disinterested on the field half the time. I don't get it. It's like, certainly, not a long, certainly not a long-term solution. Like, why would – at that point, my God, just go sign Juju Smith-Schuster or Marvin Jones. Or I, I, I don't get it. Like, it made no sense. I just – I thought it was bad money. I thought they did a bad job. Again, I like Hudson. I think that's a good signing – or a good trade, I should say. Um, I think they were right to move off Peterson. But I, I didn't think they spent good money. I think they're pretty much an eight to nine win team, and that's exactly where they were. 
Kenyon Drake walking out the door, does that matter too? When you think about like who they let go? I don't know. Man. Uh, I mean, but you know, but he's a guy they tagged, so it doesn't show maybe that they know exactly what they're doing. Like this is a guy you traded for, you tagged, you loved him. Oh, he's great, he's great. Ah, he's gone. Lost a tight end and Dan Arnold too, for the record. Uh, look, I'm not I'm not wild by Arizona, so I, I, I think I'm in on this one as well. Uh Kenny Galladay, the Giants will work out. Uh a lot of dough, man, but like if, I, I think at the end of the day, the market for wide receivers was a little bit diminished and you needed to add playmakers bad. So I think it's a worthwhile investment for the Giants. I would be in on this. Go ahead. Yeah, listen, I, I, I think that it, it, I get where the Giants are coming from. I don't know that you're going to end up looking back on this contract and saying, yeah, it was worth the money. I also think that they had to do something. So I get it. Ultimately, I think it's a good move for the Giants, even if they overspent a little bit. You've got to get some punch in that organization. Galladay gives you that. And you've got to find out what is Daniel Jones. Exactly. And that, to me, makes it worth the money. Because you can't evaluate Daniel Jones when he's thrown to a bunch of guys who stink. Like, and, and, and I like Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard, but neither one of those guys are ones. Now, I, I viewed them as both being twos. Now you have a real one, and now you've got a couple guys who I think are twos who fill out the two and the three. Now you're in business. You get Saquon back. He's got real weapons. So now you're going to find out one way or the other. Like, all right, we, we spent on a first-round tackle. We spent real money on your weapons. Let's see it. Now it's on him to show you something. Yeah, and watching him, and I don't watch the Giants – you know, a ton. But whenever I do watch Daniel Jones, the dude hangs on to the football way too long, which is why he has so many, or part of the reason why he has so many turnovers. And I'm not sure if you load him up with a bunch of talent that it's even going to matter. But at the end of the day, you invested a ton in him. You overdrafted him. You, you give yourself the, the best possible chance to be successful. Uh, would be a reminder. And speaking of that, by the way, in our last one, the NFC East gets two playoff teams in 2021. So part of this would be leaning into the Giants or you love the Washington football team or somehow you think that Jalen Hurts and Philly are going to have a huge bounce back, uh, which feels like a reach. Or, of course, Dak Prescott and company are going to have their bounce back because now that Dak is back. I can't imagine two teams going from the NFC, so I'm out on this, but where are you going? So here's I'll, I'll just lay out the scene here. New Orleans lost through Breeze. I have no reason to believe they're going to the playoffs. Um, Atlanta's in a complete rebuild. Carolina's another quarterback. The NFC North, other than Green Bay, who the hell is making the playoffs? You like the Vikings? Minnesota. Okay. Like, I'll hear that. Like, okay, maybe. The NFC West is where it's like a meat grinder. I don't know Arizona's better, and I think that division that's going to be just a, a very – tough road to hoe and then the Niners I love the Niners talent but my god can they stay healthy can Garoppolo do it like I I'm out on the NFC East having two teams but the reason I put it there is I wouldn't be shocked by any means if they have two teams I like Washington what they did a lot how do you make a radio ad for an 8k tv that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs this is the best we can do Samsung Neo QLED 8K, unreasonably good. And they got to find a quarterback, and that is obviously the big thing. But they're interesting, at least. 
I think Samuel and Jackson are really interesting signings, good signings. The Giants are better. They added Dory Jackson. Like that defense was good last year. And the Cowboys add Dak back into the mix. Now, if I had to pick two teams, it would be Washington and the Giants, by the way. I th- I'm out because I think ultimately one will miss and be close. But man, the rest of the NFC, you take the Bucks and Packers out of those two divisions, it's like, I don't know, maybe. Like, do any of those teams make the playoffs? Like, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of just thinking about Washington right now. And, and maybe it's my Bears bias here or – and I don't even think he's good, but I, do, I am wondering if the Bears are just so bad at helping football players be good that Mitchell Trubisky could do something somewhere. And you're Washington, and you would rather go and sign Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Trubisky – who got no money and is not 40 years old. Like, I don't get that. Really? You, you, is, is, it, is he considered just that unsalvageable? This was a guy who the Bears were not the only team. They were the ones that did it, but they weren't the only team that had him graded where he, was, where he got drafted. So I, I'll put it this way. Yeah. From my perspective, I would rather have Fitzpatrick because I think he can play. To a degree, I don't think Trubisky can play at all. Right. So I, I mean, clearly nobody does, or else he wouldn't have gotten two and a half million to back up Josh Josh Allen. You know, but I also feel this way. To be fair to Mitch Trubisky, I think I think Carson Wentz sucks, and he and he got a, a friggin' fortune. And then on top of that, it was like, hey, by the way, here's a fresh start after you pouted like a child in Philadelphia to get right. to get your way and get out of there. But that is the one thing. And maybe I'll end up eating my words. And anyone who listens to this and, and reads my stuff knows I will do it. Because anybody else, I'm wrong sometimes. Everybody's so excited about Indianapolis. Can anyone explain why? Like, is there any reason to think he's better than Philip Rivers? That's a fair take. He's terrible. Yeah. Like, why does anyone think that he's going to come in and be better than Philip Rivers? Well, the spin was off the juice, if you will, on on the on on Philip's ball. (laughs) You know, he. I mean, I'm not arguing that. No question. But I mean. Would you here, let's put it this way? Would you argue? Would you say it's fair to, to comment that Rivers was league average last year for starters? Sure, sure, okay. That's anywhere between fifteen and twenty in the league. That's fine. Okay. I mean, it's closer Carson to twenty Wentz, than fifteen for sure. But yes, Carson okay. Wentz wasn't near that. I right. mean, I, I don't understand. And by the way, hasn't been for years. Like, right. I, I just. But he's. I, the, the the upside is a lot greater is, is what people are betting on. Of course, on. because he's not 40. But, I mean, right. I, I just look at that and go, can anyone explain this? Like the Colts, I mean, you've got Michael Pittman, who I like, and Jonathan Taylor, who's a very nice young running back. Who else do you have? I get it. I get it. I think people are just looking at it like Philly is so dysfunctional that in a, in a better situation with a good defense that, that Carson's going to find his sure. way again. By the way, you're, you're, betting, you're, you're betting against Wentz, a fair bet. I am. Um, and by the way, we have to touch on this. I didn't want to lead with this because it's just so murky right now. And your opinion on, if you even have one, on, on the Deshaun Watson uh, situation. I didn't look for anyone who's wondering why we didn't hit on it. There's no reason other than just I'm of the belief you just let it kind of play out because there's so much it's unknown, but I also think we kind of be negligent not to touch on it at all. Um, you have any... you my, I have no problem giving you my opinion. My opinion, my opinion is this. If, uh, if it's true and we don't know, but 
you know, when you're getting now we're getting up to 20 reports. Uh, I believe 14 have been filed, I believe. Uh, 14, you know, four, 14. It ain't four. That's not one. Uh, so we don't know um, what the deal is, but uh, it is getting feeling more and more real. And I would also say that, you know, at the end of the day, like it's just incredibly sad on a zillion points. Like yeah. here's one of the yeah. best quarterbacks in the league. Who's got everything in front of him? who uh, if true, you had a serious, you know, issue that he did not deal with and impacted a bunch of other people in a terrible way. And, um, and none of it's just, it's just terrible uh, on, on a million different wavelengths. So for who he impacted number one, and then for himself, um, and uh, and I would also say that you know, again, if true, it's there's a certain level, and this is not excusing anything in any way, shape, or form, but there's a certain level of entitlement when you get in these positions in life that uh, you know people just think they're invincible and think they can do whatever the hell they want. Um, again, if true, we don't know, and and that's just. It's really not the way it should go about it, it's, it but it's, it's also stunning for him. And I'll stop talking here. It's like, cause the guy like just, I'm not gonna say he was a perfect person, but seemed like he really had his stuff together in a, in a, in a very strong way. So it, it's stunning to me. You know, I think you put it perfectly. Um, sad, sad. Like we don't know. And this is why I hesitate on all this stuff because we know more details will come out. And, and eventually decisions are going to be made here, legal-wise. Um, I believe, again, as of this recording, I think we're up to 14 filed complaints, uh, allegations. Almost up to two dozen people that are reportedly either have already filed or are weighing a, a potential filing uh, with, with Busby, who is the lawyer down in Houston. Rusty Harden is uh, the representation for Deshaun Watson, very high-profile lawyer. It's going to be very interesting um, if that's even the right word to see how this plays out, because from a football perspective and a football perspective only, I don't know that any team could possibly go after a trade with him right now. And I, and I know, you know, Ian Rapport is of NFL network who obviously has gone reproach has said, no, there are still teams that would trade for him. I don't know how that's even possible right now. Like, can you imagine having, having an introductory press conference with Deshaun Watson right now and what that would be like? How, how do you even go about that? And at this point, even, like, if you're the Texans, you'd almost, I would imagine, have to accept nothing in return for him. Like, there's no, I, you would be negligent on a million levels to go out offering three first round picks plus at this moment in time. All right. I mean, am I crazy with that? I would think it would have a huge impact on his trade value. I would think it would make him untradeable. But then again, it gets back to the NFL and everybody gets a zillion opportunities. And, you know, if we're going in here, like right now these are civil suits and they're, he's not facing actual any time or any time. Um, and right. people know that these things tend to go away. Um, but, you know, what's behind door number two, you know, I, at, at this point? So I, I, I couldn't, I, you know, if, if I owned an NFL team, I'm sure I'm right around the corner from doing that. I, I, 
you want me to you want it you want me to sign off on trading for Deshaun well, Watson right here, now? I can't do it. Here's the other thing of this, and you're right, and you bring up a key point: the civil suits, which doesn't make it any less serious, but it does in the sense of of you know facing potential jail time, something like that. The NFL is going to conduct its own investigation. Mm-hmm. Well, as they should. Now, now, of course, and again, they're all allegations. We don't know how this is going to play out, but should it play out where he is found? to have any kind of, of guilt, the NFL is not going to be able to just say, oh, well, here's a four-game suspension. That's not happening. So, I mean, I don't want to speculate much, but I'll go, I'll go to that length. I feel like that's fair. If it ends up coming out that he had some wrongdoing um, and, and of such a serious nature, I don't think there's any two ways. The NFL is going to have to come down in a very harsh manner. He is a high-profile player. He is not a third-string backup that nobody's going to write about or care about. And maybe there are some people out there who say, well, that shouldn't matter. And you're right. From a moralistic standpoint, it should not matter. But it does matter. It does matter. He is one of the faces of the NFL. He is a great young quarterback. The NFL would get beyond crushed, and rightfully so, if something came out that he had wrongdoing here, and he got suspended for four games, eight games. I would imagine we would not be seeing Deshaun Watson for a long time. And that, but that again is conjecture. But I just, I think that factors into the trade part of it, which is why I bring it up. Well, and if you want to go conspiracy theory on this too, by the way, he w- tries to force himself out of Houston, and then. All of a sudden, a guy who's trying to exert his power and is young and is an African-American, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, these reports just start flying in. It's, an, it's interesting timing. I, 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 I'm not saying – I'm not saying – we don't know what's going on, but it, it, it just – like If that ever proved to be the case, because I know what you're saying, if that ever proved to be the case – you would have major changes in the Texans organization. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And, and I, it doesn't make sense on a level. Like even if that's what Houston, you wouldn't want to implode the value of your player. Right. Which is why it doesn't, it makes no sense if that, you know, I, I, cause I've heard that you're not the first person obviously to toss that theory out there, but if you're the Texans, what, what is that doing for you? Oh, right, now right. we get to keep him. <laughs> okay, well, right. But the other side of it, well, maybe it's not the Texans. This dude over there wants to do this. I got this on him. Hey, you know, I, I, I don't – but if they have that on him, then then they have it on him. Like, you know, it's, he put himself in that position. I, I, Who knows what's going on, but it, it is it, – it's shocking and disturbing. Well, and, and I'll close this part of this up with this, okay? Uh, maybe this I shouldn't be pro shocked. Fo- I don't know. This is from Pro Football Talk today on Tuesday. Um. We're up to 14 uh, assault lawsuits against Watson with 24 total claims, two dozen claims now under consideration by Tony Busby's firm. And uh, again, according to Pro Football Talk, Busby uh, is quoted as saying, most of the cases allege the same or similar conduct, end quote. Um, And that's what Busby says of the civil complaints, um, alleging misconduct during massages. Um, we have not. We've heard Watson 
uh, with a statement on Twitter denying it. Uh, this was now this is now is almost a week ago, um, and we have not seen or heard of, of Deshaun Watson since. Doesn't mean anything. Just just making a note of it. Uh, he's he's chosen silence. So. Um, and then, and Mike Florio writes this. Now, Mike Florio is a lawyer, so take that for what you will over Pro Football Talk. He says, Meanwhile, it's somewhat unusual that no other lawyers represent clients who are making similar claims against Watson. In a situation like this, other lawyers who have law firms with significant monthly expenses and who are indeed in the habit of seeking publicity and/or cash will begin coming forward with other plaintiffs of their own. With so many women making so many claims against Watson, it's a bit odd that none of them have ended up being represented by someone other than Busby. Then again, maybe that's the next step in all of this. Given the way this matter is mushroomed, there's no reason to think the list of potential plaintiffs ends at 24. There could be more that are being evaluated by other lawyers in Houston or elsewhere. And then he concludes with, even if there are no other additional plaintiffs, the sheer magnitude of claims makes it more and more difficult to think that, that, that there's an innocent explanation or that they all are embellishing, fabricating, or flat out lying. So that is one man's opinion. Mike Florio, who runs Pro Football Talk and who has a background in law. So just take that for what it's worth. Just sharing that. Um, just a little meat to chew on here as we look at it. What is a very ugly situation in Houston. He's basically saying what we said, but I, I, with, the, with the addition of that, that is interesting that it is only one lawyer. And he right, finds I that thought to, that was noteworthy. Yeah, that, that, that he finds that to be interesting. Um, so, all right, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what unfolds here. And I'm, I'm just playing in my head, like, if you're Deshaun and, and, and this is true and you know it's true, how do you play this? Because one part of me would want to come out and be like, hey, I was wrong and I took advantage of my whatever – my stature in life and I'm going to be better, but you can't do that. I don't think you can. You can't I think, do that. I think, look, I, I don't even want to go. I don't, I don't know what I would do. I, I think you just shut up essentially. It's just probably right. the law, what, what the, uh, the, the law it, common sense would tell you. Don't say anything. Right. It, Which is probably his credit. Why not to his credit, but probably to explain it. It's probably why he's been so quiet. I'm sure his lawyers are telling him, look, don't say a word. Right. Well, you right. So, That's usually right. the way these things go. All right, let's wrap up on a positive note here and, and uh, things that are going on outside the life. Um, I'll just give you a situation. The other day, Verter MCL, you handled this one. It, it's the 50th anniversary of Lou Malnati's Pizza, one of the fine pizza establishments Man, in Beautiful. Chicago. Right. So they had the large uh, 1971, 50 years. So if you ordered... Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. A large either Chicago Classic or the Lou which is a spinach and tomato and veggie thing. You get the large for 1971, not the greatest value, but it's probably about a $30 pizza. Okay. So they're giving you 10 bucks off. So we call up and my wife asks, well, what's the Lou? They tell them what's the classic. And the person on the phone says, well, it's a, it's a large cheese pizza. And I'm sitting there like, Oh, I thought that was with sausage, but, um, 
And she's like, okay, well, let's get the classic. So they deliver the classic and it is what I thought it was a large sausage. Now my beautiful wife does not want the sausage. She wanted a large cheese. So now we got this large sausage pizza. Delicious. Of course. And, 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 and and she's like, I, what do I do? I'm like, that's not what you wanted. They told you it was cheese. You have absolutely the right to call back up. Yeah. So she does. And they're like, we're really, 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 really sorry about this. Um, We'll send you a large cheese. Uh, and then she's, and then she posted, can I get half with spinach too? And I was like, oh my God, that's embarrassing. But she's Good like, Chelsea. Yeah. right. So I'm in the background, like laughing. She's like, don't laugh when I'm asking for something. It's that's all about it. leverage. Right. Right. She, she had it and she used it and they threw in the spinach too. But so now this is with the butter crust. I'm trying to lose weight. Now oh, we got a beautiful now, but now we got a large sausage in the house and a large cheese with half, with half spinach. And I've gained a hundred pounds. So that's, that's my, that's. <laughs> and now that's, I'm going to order one tonight. Yeah. Um, I mean, so no, that's, uh, that's that, great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. And by the way, it was well played. Now you get the whole pizza with the sausage, which is amazing. No, right. Right. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. That that's a wonderful thing. All right. So I have a couple, one that's actually real news that I tweeted out that um, I'll share now for people who don't have Twitter. So uh, the Verderan family is, of course, Carmuno. I have my beautiful wife, Stephanie, my daughter, Maisie, who's three and a half. Well, now, uh, due September 17th, we have a son that is due. So uh, come I, on down. I completely forgot about that. That's a terrible job by me. It should have been the lead to the show. I apologize. Congratulations. That's friggin' awesome. And my favorite part of your whole tweet was that you put in capital letters, boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not running from how happy you are to be adding a male figure to the family. No, no question. Look, my, we always knew we wanted two kids. And so I didn't care, genuinely, couldn't have cared at all. First kid, boy, girl made no difference to me. Um, and we got blessed with a beautiful, healthy baby girl in Maisie who – Lights up my day every every day. As challenging as she is at times, she is the best thing that's ever happened to me. So we also knew we only want two kids. And that has not changed since we got married. So this one, we knew like, this is it. I really wanted a boy, wanted a son. I just wanted one of each. And I know that's a lot to ask from the man upstairs, but was granted that. Couldn't be more happy about it. Um, and again, he's due mid-September, so right at the beginning of football season. Steph and I are working on figuring out the name. So that's going to be my ask of the week for the listeners who are still out there listening. Of course, we appreciate and love you. Leave a comment and a rating if you so would be so kind. Leave a comment with a name or names to suggest to name this child. And I will, the only thing I will say is don't put Matt Jr. Not getting that. It's not going to happen. Okay. But we're in, you can like, I'm all ears. And if we end up picking that name, I will, I will send you a, something of, of significant note. Okay. Um, I don't know what it would be. We can, we can figure it out and, and make it, but I um, leave a comment, leave a rating and just, Hey, here's, here's a name. Here's a suggestion boy's name. Um, Cause we're opening it up. I will be up front and say, we have gone through a litany of names. Stephanie really like Sean. I am. So, so on Sean, of course, our producer's name is Sean. It's a fine name. I just, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm, I'm debating like, like that's definitely in the mix. 
Turn on, um, turn on your mic, Sean Daly, and talk to us. What yeah, do you think about Burram naming his kid after you? Right, right. Uh, um, whatever you do, you got to spell it the right way. That's all I'm saying. I agree. I agree. It, and, okay. and Sean has it spelled right. S-E-A-N. It's not so an S-H-A-W-N. It's an S-E-A-N. That is how you spell Sean. See, and I'm gonna, now, now Sean's going to come after me. But I actually said if we spell it, like I – I, I actually I like the H. Not that I nothing against Sean Daly, but I I like the H. I know I'm, I think it's the Italian in me. It, it just it flows it. But in any event, so that's one of the names we're considering, right? So that's right in there. Then we're you know we're we're looking at um oh God, I can't even think of the names anymore. That we, we talked about Patrick as a name, as in uh, Ewing, as in Mahomes, or no, actually just <laughs> it, 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 it's not after anybody it's just. Just like the name. I, I can't um, believe I went Ewing over Mahomes right there. But, you know, you're a Knicks guy at the end. Uh, Ewing the, is fine, too. I mean, it really is after Patrick so Rick Ewing. That's right. Right. Co-captain sits seven feet from Georgetown. Um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, we, we've we tossed her. I like Jonathan a lot. Uh, you know, John. I like Jack. Uh, so, anyway, listen, that's where we are at that. But that's the big news. Uh, Steph will be, you know, rolling along here throughout the summer, not able to drink while I sit there and drink summer shandies all day long. Um, and then lastly, of course, because it's almost become a tradition now in this podcast, the Knicks getting D Rose back tonight. We got back to back home games with the Wiz with Carm. So help me God. If we lose either games or the Wizards at home, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, I got to tell you, I, I, you know, I linked you today, the, the Derek story, which my brother emailed to me. I did not was like pretty sick. Apparently. I didn't right. I didn't realize how sick Derek Rose was. People like I saw, I heard somebody on the radio. Derek Rose is hurt again. Derek Rose is not hurt again. Derek Rose had COVID and Derek Rose was super ass sick. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and I, I get it and I'm scheduled to get the vaccine tomorrow. Hashtag, hey, hashtag get go. the vaccine. But you know, it's just a reminder that we are not fully through this. And there's an NBA player with a lot of, you know, great things around him and he got through it, but he called it the flu times 10 and he was scared out of the bejesus and he couldn't do anything but read. So here's our guy, Derek Rose, who wants to do nothing more than go play hoop every day is, is sitting uh, in his palatial estate in New York, reading the New York times or whatever he reads all day long. It's, yeah. and, and, and it's just scary, man. It really is. No, it is. But the Knicks, they get him back. Uh, had a tough loss the other night against the Sixers. Really, really hurt. Lost by a point in overtime. Um, but you know, it's right there it's, though against the Eastern Conference best. Yeah, it, it, look, I get there without Embiid. I, I get that. But the Knicks were without some guys, not of Embiid stature. But um, it's fun. Like my dad made this point actually right after the games. We were chatting after the game, and she's like, "I was really annoyed they lost," and he and he's like. It's so nice to actually be annoyed that they lost and not just be in complete acceptance mode all the time with them. And like they play the Wizards tonight. They better kick their ass. Like they better beat them twice. They play them twice. The next two days, both at the Garden, Tuesday and Thursday. They better win both those games. That team sucks. And then you know what? They're trying to – reportedly there's some reports out there that they're looking into Evan Fournier of the Magic. 19 points a game. Like I'll take Evan Fournier. If it, as long as it's not costing us quickly, I'm good. Like they're looking at Lonzo Ball too, reportedly. Yeah, uh, I mean, and that, and look, I feel bad for Lamelo, but now he's out for the year apparently with a wrist injury. Feels like that probably tanks Charlotte. Um, the Raptors just just helped Houston break a twenty game losing streak. Feels like they're done. So they they've it, lost a bunch. Uh, I feel recently. good as a Knicks fan. I feel like the Bulls are falling the apart. Playoffs. I can't believe it. You, you're things are trending your way. All right. 
we are uh, we are well over here. If we are. Not that we have a time limit, but uh, thank you so much for listening. Congrats, dude. That's freaking awesome. I was really, 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 really happy to see that. And uh, yeah, let's let's help Bergeram out with a name. And if you don't respond because you didn't listen to the end, well, then we're leading with it next week because we need names. Thank you for listening to Stag in the Box. We'll see you next week. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.